Great. It was great running into you at the Abilities Expo and, and learning a little bit about what you do. And I looked at your website. Um, so it, it seems like you're very involved in this accessibility space when it has to do with computers. Is that so is that kind of the interface online in digital formats? Is that what you're? Uh... Yeah, that, that's correct. So maybe let me just give you a 30 second type of description of the company. So basically what we do is we help organizations meet their accessibility um, uh, compliance um, mandates based either on federal, provincial, uh, or state type of legislation. Here in Canada, we have the AODA, and the United mm -hmm. States, they have the ADA. So what we do is um, we have a specific software, uh, it's called Align, and basically what it does is helps organization manage an accessibility project from beginning to end. Uh, mm -hmm. We create reports, I can even give you a demo in a bit uh, in yeah. terms of how it works. Uh, but the whole idea is to integrate accessibility early on within the development lifecycle. And um, yep. so developers, designers, product owners, project managers can all work together and come under one, 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 one team, one, one area and the one roof so they can actually work and make things more accessible. The other thing that we do um, is uh, PDF accessibility. So now PDFs mm -hmm. usually is more difficult for organizations. They try to... Um, they try to um, they they try to uh, do their PDFs. We do a lot of uh, training. We work with Alliance Insurance cooperators. Uh, we do a lot of training for them, but a lot of the times because the PDFs are so difficult to, to to get right, they just send it to us. We do the PDF remediation, and everything can be followed through within our system as well. Fantastic. That's mm -hmm. that's. That's really good. So can I ask this? So this is what, you know, the, the process our team went through, right? When we were uh, thinking about putting up a website for like this conference, we're going to be running a conference in August and we wanted mm -hmm. to create a website for that. And we reached out to, some, you know, a web developer and we said, how accessible are you? And, and they said, well, you know, or, or, or how much do you know about accessibility? And they said, oh, 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 we know, we know, we know everything about it. You know, how, but, but then ultimately when we got the website done, uh, we already have had a couple of complaints. It's only been up for a couple of weeks. And yet we've already had a few complaints from people who said that there was this feature missing and this feature missing, mm -hmm. you know, it, so is in your experience, is this a common issue that, that there are a lot of people who say that yeah. they understand accessibility, but don't really? Unfortunately, they don't. And and I don't know, let me just quickly share my screen and maybe we yeah. can go through uh, through an example of- uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, we're I'll working with. Yeah, yeah. So let me just, thank you so much. Uh, let me share this, hold on, I have to decrease my magnification. Can you see my uh, my screen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so right now what we're looking at is, um, uh, this is the main interface for Align, right? I'm just going to show you one of our clients, Concordia University. And mm -hmm. so, so we're doing a, an assessment for them. So uh, just to take it a step back, uh, basically mm -hmm. what happens whenever you involve a, a website or a web development team, they are going to tell you, oh yes, we know about accessibility. And mm -hmm. however, they may try to do things. We have something called the WATAC success criteria. And the mm -hmm. problem with that is, is very, very ambiguous. And many times developers, while they're trying to do things in the right way, they actually end up hurting a website accessibility because they don't do it, right? I've seen it and I work with uh, banks. I work with every, every like big organization, small organization. But um, uh, you, you can see some organizations where they um, try to do the right thing, trying to make things accessible for people who are blind. 
but they completely screw up the, the experience, not <laughs> only for people who are blind, but for everybody. So, wow. so, so one of the things that we do is try to integrate accessibility early on within the development life cycle. So let me just quickly show you uh, right now, um, what you're seeing is um, uh, a score for just one or two pages of the Concordia University uh, is 48%. This is just a, this is the first start, the mini start. Um, mm -hmm. Now, what is important to consider is that this uh, 48% is based on manual functional and assistive technology testing, not automation. Automation, okay. we also run automation. Automation is great if you have thousands of pages and it's going to give you uh, at least a view of the overall health of your website. The problem with automation is that it only covers anywhere between 25 to 35% of accessibility issues. So for instance, if you were to, uh, if you were to work with us and, and the development team, so one of the things we will do is early on within the development life cycle, we're going to be looking at your wireframes. Once we mm -hmm. look at the wireframes, we're going to be providing uh, tickets that they're going to have to consider. Now, if, you, if I scroll down, um, you know, uh, in this one, you're going to be able to see, you know, tickets by severity, critical, minimal, uh, moderate or severe. We actually create a specific relationship to the WACAC success criteria, which is, which is important. Uh, in this case, we provided uh, common components. Uh, common components are those elements that repeat from page to page, for instance, a footer, a header, navigation, because the idea is if, you, if you're going to have them uh, in multiple pages, you don't want to do an accessibility assessment of them every single time. It's going to be costly for you and it's going to right. be contraproductive, right? And, when, and then we do an accessibility assessment of the specific page. Um, and I will show you how a ticket will, looks like, and then I show you a, a specific report. Um, and, as, and I will show you a specific report. So uh, in here, uh, when you go to a specific page, uh, you're going to be able to see the information for the WACAC success criteria. Uh, again, this is going to help you, especially for you Then you work with uh, people with disabilities and you're going to have to comply with the ADO. One of the things that we do with Align is not only that we uh, ensure that we align our uh, developers or product owners, but also the organization, if they ever get audited, they're mm -hmm. going to be able to say, oh, you know what? Uh, we, we engage with our company early on within the development life cycle. Uh, we help you craft that um, accessibility statement that you need to have in your website. And there may be some things that could not be accessible for everybody, but you may be working on that. So we help you create a roadmap. Uh, and this is what the tool does. We will help you. Um, a ticket, let me just see. A ticket is going to... Um, Again, usually the ticket is meant to uh, help uh, developers understand what they need to do. So we're going to provide, uh, you know, the specific success criteria that is affect uh, that is being affected, uh, descriptions, issues, uh, the specific impact. We we um we um sorry we um uh, map it to the specific uh, uh, accessibility or disability that is being affected, and then yep. developer developers or anybody we can actually communicate. But let me just quickly get you an example in terms of um, what a, a report for uh, for this one looks like, and and it's not only you know the report for the different type of executives, but yep. also for uh, developers. Just quickly go in here, copy this. Uh, so once you get, you get, obviously you're going to get the executive summary as we go in there, we provide specific information as what we found, 
obviously the different uh, errors as per mm -hmm. the WACAC success criteria for both level A and double A and the instances. Um, now, one so, thing that- so, Sorry, can I just ask yeah, yeah. one question? So when you're saying A versus double A, which one's the most, so do you mean that like one of those is the most important and one is like that, a that, secondary? That, that's, a, that's a very good question. So for instance, in Ontario, uh, our websites, they need to comply with both level A and double A of the WACAC success criteria. And now, uh, A means that it needs to be implemented, it must be implemented, or a specific type of user is not going to be able to access it. Double it. A, it means, that it, it means that it should be implemented to further enhance the ability of that person to get the, 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 the specific uh, information. And triple A is a really, really nice to have, right? Now, Got organizations it. in Ontario, they don't need to comply with that triple A. Got if it. I keep scrolling down, um, now this could get confusing. People don't know really what it is, right? But we actually break it down. So we create our own checkpoints and, and we give you the category specific, you know, images, UI, navigation, uh, links. And also as we keep going down, it's going to be subcategories like, you know, text link, SVG images. And then yeah. you can, uh, we, we show you the specific information as to how we did it, uh, yeah. manual functional. Now, again, all of this will go into, um, into uh, accessibility um, statement. And if you ever get audited, you say, you know what? We actually did our accessibility. This is how we did it. We also hire people with disabilities and work with us. And then the tickets are going to be here, right? So, you know, hmm. again, it provides the specific information. In some cases, we can look at the color contrast. We provide information. And then uh, whenever whenever possible, uh, we also provide the code examples, right? So we, again, we work directly with the with the development team to say, you know what? Uh, this is the code example that you then you provided to us. Uh, and this is the right way to do it. So the, the whole system provides to uh, for, for our, our open communication with multiple team members, and we can track it. Very Sorry, interesting. I, yeah. I, I know. I know. I went through a lot. No, no, this is great. So the the question that I have is when you know most organizations now. Or, or many of us smaller organizations, what we try to do is use like WordPress or Wix. Does it matter? Like, do these things, like, does your uh, assessment and the recommendations, would they work? You know, if, if we had a Wix site, for instance, could you, would it still apply? Like, you can still give us code changes that would apply there? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So all of those, yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to be working from templates, whether it's going to be WordPress or Wix, right? We tell yeah. you exactly what is wrong. And then you're going to be working with, uh, I'm assuming with developers, right? And then you're going to yeah. have to go and implement those specific, uh, those specific changes that we, that we provided. Now, there are occasions where the technology doesn't allow specific technique, but in that yeah. case, the beauty of a line is that we can go back and forth in terms of communication. Say, okay, if this doesn't work, this is an alternative, right? And once we create an alternative or provide a specific uh, extra work or uh, code and may, may be able to work, um, we also document that so you can actually put it within your um, uh, accessibility statement. Because again, if people are complaining, they, they may not know, they may not know, you know what, like, you know, this is our accessibility statement, we're working yep. towards specific things. Yeah, yeah. Um, would I, this? I'm a little scared to ask you this, but if I was to put a link in the chat for our conference page, if how would you feel about critiquing just just a few things, you know, simple top level kind of yeah, things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Send it to me. Yeah. Send it to me, Let's, and then I'll. And can you also send me your um uh just email email address? So what I'll do is yeah, I'll yeah we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll go and take a quick look. 
uh, we'll go take a quick look at the at the accessibility website. At the website, we we can provide some feedback, and then and then you know you can utilize that that report and give it to your developers. I yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy. I, I think what we need to do is hire you. So I actually have three websites that I I think I need help with. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'd love, so maybe that's what, so would you be comfortable um, just giving a ballpark cost of what, what something like this might cost? I guess it depends on how involved the website is. Yeah, for, is. For, for sure. So what we can do is we can definitely, we can definitely, so what, once on, was, sorry, what we do is uh, perhaps we identify uh, the three different type of um, uh, uh, websites. Uh, yeah. We can provide you like we're going to be asking you with a few questions, you know, like uh, we, we have something called the intake information form and that's going to let us know uh, whether, uh, you know, like the website is accessed by uh, uh, who is accessed for the like, different type of technology, how it was created and things like that. Actually, let me just quickly show you what an intake information form looks like. Yeah, I just need to move this. Uh, so, for instance, in here. Our intake information form will look something like, like this. So uh, we are actually going to ask uh, specific information about, uh, you know, what is the website URL, number of pages, when it needs to be added, and then we have specific information that is going to go uh, yes, no, yes, no. Um, uh, once then we have that, what is going to allow us to do is to create um, a scope or potential uh, SOW that we can provide to you. Now, uh, yeah. if uh, if I am if I'm not mistaken, you guys are a nonprofit, right? But yes, that's right. Okay, so we we even have uh, discounts for non non for profits as well because we work with not like you know non for profits and, and sure. educational institutions don't always have uh, uh, the money in the world, right? But yes. uh, we we do provide discounts as well. Excellent. So if you were to go, so I put the link, I put my email address and the link to the 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 website I most concerned about right now because there's actually people going to register for this conference that we're running at the end of August. Okay. It's a very it's a very simple website like there's, you know, basically it's just there to give information to people that are registering for now. Ultimately, we're going to run the conference on this website as well. Like we're going to use Zoom, we're going to embed the Zoom meetings directly in within this website to make it, make it easy for people, you know, to be able to join and listen in on this virtual conference rather than have to log into Zoom and, and do all that. We're hoping to just have a button that says, here's the, you know, here's where you click if you want, um, you know, if, if you want the, the regular uh, stream, you, you click here. If you want uh, sign language, window overlaid, then you can uh, click here. You know, we might have three or four different links. We might have a French translation button as well. So yeah. ultimately it should be a very, very, I'm, I'm hoping it's not a too big of a website. So, you know, if, if you imagine a website like that, just a ballpark, you know, what, what, what might be a ballpark cost to have your company do, do this kind of assessment? I don't know. It, it really depends. Okay. So, but, but what, what I will do, what I will do is we go and then we just do an scope estimation sure, and, and, sure. and we'll provide it to you. Like uh, we will say, you know what, we think it's going to be around this much and then we can give you the different options, okay. Uh, okay. How, how it can work. And obviously and if you have a lot of the times, so I don't know if you work, if you do PDFs, um, uh, those, are, those are the low hanging fruits to start working okay. with. Uh, so I can also send you prices for PDFs and everything like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really good. 
Yeah, and then I have two other websites. So that first one is the conference website. Then this one is our, what I call the project website. So this accessible parks project broadly, um, it's, it's describing not only what we're doing for the conference, but every, we're doing some literature reviews and some data collection through surveys. And we're trying to get people, you know, recruit people to those kinds of activities as well. Um, and then I have a team website that looks at not only the, uh, this parks accessibility project, but other all the other work that our team does. So there's uh, so, so Talek, can you maybe tell me a little bit yeah. more about what you guys do? I'm, I was I was fascinated when I saw you. It's like, oh, this is great. Like, let me let me learn sure. more. I think, I think on top of us helping you with the accessibility, I mean, I think there could be other synergies. We also have a podcast where we help um where we talk about uh, um uh with other organizations that are doing accessibility work. Uh yeah. we distribute that with our with our um on networks and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So the the it, it there's a broad range of projects. What I try to say is we're trying to support people with disabilities and their caregivers, mm -hmm. um, and part of that includes preventing people from becoming sicker or becoming injured. So some of our work, for instance, focuses on fall prevention in the winter, and we work on be developing better winter footwear and testing winter footwear. Uh, we have a website that um, describes what the best footwear is right now on the market. If you go to ratemytreads.com, you can see the results of all of our testing. And uh, there's been a lot of public interest in that work to show you know, that, that people are, are getting excited that they can go to, when they go to the store, they can make sure they buy the best footwear. Um, some of our work looks at uh, preventing back injuries in healthcare workers, as well as you know, a, an informal family caregiver. If you're in the home and taking care of someone with a disability, it still requires likely a lot of manual lifting and moving people around, like bathing and toileting, those tasks. And so we know that caregivers get hurt a lot. And so some of our work looks at how we can train people to move in safer ways to avoid, uh, avoid injury. You know, the way that healthcare workers are trained right now is, uh, unfortunately, is they sit people down in kind of this classroom sort of setting and show people PowerPoint slides. But, you know, that's not going to change the way people move, ultimately. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you think, I don't know if you play any sports or anything, but if you imagine the way we train people to play golf or, or to improve their tennis swing, you know, you need to do an activity over and over and over, and then someone needs to watch you and then give you feedback to say, hey, maybe you should do try this, try focusing on this particular part of your swing and focus on keeping your head down and keep your eye on the ball, those kinds of things, right? Very specific targeted suggestions that you practice over and over and over and maybe get feedback over an extended period of time. That's how you change people's behavior and, and movement patterns. Oh, um, that's interesting. So we have this product called Posture Coach that we developed um, that you wear. And instead of a person being there helping you change the way you move when you're lifting and, and bending, um, the device warns you if you're bending the wrong way. So it gives you a little vibration to say that you should, you should be considering oh. not bending over as much this way. Yeah. So you have a device for that. That's right. It's called Posture Coach. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty uh, that's, that's That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we've, we've got those. Um, another area of focus is pressure injury prevention. Are you familiar with pressure injuries? 
No. So if, if there's someone who is um, very frail, someone who spends a lot of time in bed, they will be at risk of getting a bed sore. That's the more common term, a bed sore. So if you don't move enough, the, the pressure, it, you know, having skin that's always compressed between the mattress and the rest of your body, um, it, it uh, loses the ability, uh, it loses nutrients, it, it can't, blood can't uh, pump its way through the vessels and the waste products from, from metabolism in those cells is, is unable to get out and the skin dies in those areas. The tissues actually die mm -hmm. and that, that causes what we call a bed sore or a pressure injury. And so there, unfortunately, this is a huge, huge problem. We don't hear about this enough in the news, but it's a huge problem that uh, like we think maybe up to one in four people across the healthcare system gets one of these. And the big problem is one of the, once you get one of these pressure injuries, like typically people get them kind of on their bum or on their hip bones in those areas. And it's very, very hard to heal them once they form. So we're developing automated systems Sorry, I should say the best way to prevent these from forming is to make sure people get repositioned. Mm -hmm. So if the if the individual, you know, probably you and I, when we are in bed, we automatically change our position all the time, right? We're mm -hmm. always moving in bed, even when we're sleeping without thinking you're always shifting a little bit. But people, once they become uh, limited in their mobility for some reason, if they're not moving enough, it means you need someone, you need a caregiver to come help reposition the person regularly. Some people say every two hours, some people say every four hours, whatever it is, oh, you, wow. need to, you need to move people around. Yeah. So for instance, people with spinal cord injury, actually overnight, they will sometimes set alarms to, wear, to wake themselves up. And then they repose because they, if they, if they lose sensation, they, you know, sometimes you can't detect that they need to, to that they're uh, have been lying in the same position for too long. So they actually set alarms and then move themselves, but some people can't move themselves. Um, and so you need a device that can ideally detect, uh, first of all, when someone's been in the same position for too long, and then kind of prompt a caregiver that it's time that, to, to reposition this person. Wow, that's amazing. Like, there, there's so many things. Uh, like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot that we're working on. Um, and then obviously the accessibility aspect, making sure people can uh, stay as active as possible. You know, one of the biggest risks we know in, in, uh, in life really is inactivity. When people, mm -hmm. you know, even if we talk about falls, we know that falls are very dangerous for people once, because once someone falls, they, they can go down this, um, this steep decline in health. It can trigger this cycle of, of uh, some people call it deconditioning, where because you're, you, know, you have this idea, uh, if you use it or you lose it, right? You have to stay active or else your muscles and your, your, you know, the various systems in your body start to deteriorate very quickly. So keeping people as active as possible whether it's winter or summer, you know, a lot of people with disabilities will stop going outside in the winter when there's snow or ice because it's hard to get around. So mm. accessibility in the winter, making sure our sidewalks and our intersections are designed well enough that people can go out um, and not worry about getting stuck in the snow so they can stay active and engaged in their communities. Those are all things that we're, uh, we're focusing on. That's, that's great. That's great.
And how do you guys sell your products? Do they sell online? So like you saw first, like the expo or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the goal is uh, there's a combination. So every product we develop has a different, uh, you know, I, I mean, could have a different way. You know, we could, in some cases, I'm imagining Posture Coach might be a small little company that we launch. It's it's a it's a product that hasn't, it's a prototype right now. It hasn't, we haven't started selling it yet, but the goal might be to sell it online. You know, we might put up things, we might just do Facebook ads and Google ads and see if there's enough interest to sell it by mail, you know, just have people order it online and we mail it to them. Um, yeah, we haven't, we haven't, uh, in some other cases, some of the older products that we've developed uh, have been partnering with existing companies that produce medical devices. They they buy our patents and or, or license our patents and uh, produce the products and sell them. Oh wow, that's that's pretty good. That's a very, very interesting, very very interesting. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, so so there's a lot that yeah, I think potentially we should stay in touch. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, you know, I think our websites, I, I'll let you have a look at the websites. Definitely, this is an area where I would love to get your input. And uh, and if you can give yeah, a quote on what it might cost to have, have uh, your team look at look at the, the three websites that we have, I'd love to get them uh, in better shape. You know, I, I we do work with, I have a, uh, on our team, we have a librarian who is a strong advocate for uh, vision impaired individuals and and he's tried to make sure that at least jaws and like screen readers like mm -hmm. jaws are able to are able to navigate our sites and our materials well and he's been pushing us to make sure our pdfs so we he has a contact that looks over our pdfs and makes sure that they're designed appropriately um but there's yeah it's it's amazing how um how hard it can be to do this well is what i'm learning you know, I'm, I'm learning, I'm trying to understand what all the aspects are. And it's, it's very, very complex for the average person is what I'm, what I'm finding. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not easy, not easy for sure. But yeah, for sure, we can, we can, I definitely see the value of us being, uh, um, uh, just keeping in touch. I see a synergy for sure. We will get a, um, a scope estimation in terms of what it will be for those, for the different websites. And we can talk later on. And then uh, in terms of the expo, one of the things you were promoting was the, uh, uh, was it accessible camping or the, the portions of it, right? Can you tell yeah. me a little bit more about that? I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, sure. So this was the, so this is the project, um, yeah, park accessibility. Um, what we want to do, we're funded by an organization called Accessible, uh, sorry, Accessibility Standards Canada. And that was created recently after the passing of the Accessible Canada Act, which I think went into force in 2019. Mm -hmm. and, and so the Accessible Canada Act says that, uh, you know, Canada should become accessible by 2040. And so there's a lot of research that they're funding. This organization now is funding research to try to better understand how we make Canada accessible by 2040. So that's a new target. And so they funded groups like us. We, we applied for a grant to look at this issue of parks, national parks, and how we can make national parks more accessible. And the idea is that what we learn through this research will inform the new, a new standard that's being written right now for making outdoor spaces more accessible. So yeah, we're, we're very excited to be part of this project. And at the expo, you know, I heard from so many people how, um, 
how important they felt making these kinds of areas accessible for people who, you know, used to go camping, but then a disability now makes it challenging for them to go hiking or canoeing or camping, you know, those kinds of things. And so the, the vision we have for this project is that all activities, you know, we're trying to understand what are the, what is the list of all the activities that someone might participate in when they go to a park, right? It could be camping, it could be swimming, it could be just sitting on the beach, it could be fishing, you know, imagine all those different activities in a table across the top. And then imagine down the side, we have a list of all the different impairments that might make those activities inaccessible, right? So if someone like yourself has a vision impairment or someone in a wheelchair has a physical impairment or someone has a cognitive impairment, if, if, you, if we list the different types of impairments someone might have, and maybe even by severity, right? Some people uh, are able to walk uh, with a cane maybe, so they have a different, they need a different accommodation to be able to go on a trail, for instance. You know, someone like my mom who has, uh, some arthritis in her knee, maybe just needs to make sure that there's enough benches around that she can sit down from time to time as she's going on these hikes, right? That's what, she, that's what would make a hiking trail accessible for her. Um, but someone else in a wheelchair would need more accommodation to make sure the ground is the right, uh, was, is not too steep and is Correct. not too bumpy, you know, those kinds of things. So, so we're trying to understand what this table, we're basically trying to construct this big table and every cell in that table needs to, you know, is an opportunity to identify potential barriers and then solutions for overcoming those barriers if they exist. So that we'll quickly be able to see what are the gaps, you know, maybe where new research is required, right? We need maybe to develop new devices or new technologies that can make certain activities more accessible um, through various methods. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That, that's pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Another school is fascinating how you can actually, like, you know, the potential to have to help people with disabilities. And that's, again, very close to my heart. So, 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 yeah. So we chatted a little bit about this at the, at the expo, but mm -hmm. can you, so what, what is your, uh, you know, how, how accessible do you find parks when you go to them, like national parks or provincial parks? What activities would you do you participate in, or or would you like to participate in that you find would, um, might not be uh, uh, accessible to you right now? Mm -hmm. So I think some one of the ones that is like for me, so obviously it's going to be navigation whenever whenever I'm going to go from one place to the other one, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so you might have signs, but it's going to be really difficult to like for me to see a sign from far away. I'm going to have to get like really, really close and perhaps use my phone to enlarge the the, the sign, the sign text, right? So ah, interesting. Great. Yeah, so it will be great if uh, uh, if there could be like some beacons and it will tell you exactly where you are and, right, and where right. your specific campsite is, right? Because sometimes, especially at night, it could be like really, really difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if you perhaps want to go to the washroom, right? And you have to walk walk, walk from your campsite to the washroom. Um, I mean, it, it, I'm telling you, it's going, it's, going, it's going to get messy, right? Because you don't know, okay, did I turn right? Did I turn left? And then, and then the, like, because it's really dark, you don't know, right? But having an app like that, I think it's going to be amazing as well. That is really interesting. Yeah, the, the, the example of go at nighttime, so light is, you know, I imagine in a campground, it's still going to be difficult for 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 
uh, yeah, for providing the right amount of light. But you're saying if you have an app on your phone that could direct you to the washroom or some key points, right? Maybe you could drop a pin at your campsite and drop a, you know, exactly. and, and, if there were, and if there was a beacon somewhere um, that could take you, yeah, that could direct you to the nearest uh, washroom. For, exactly that 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 would be that would be interesting right because you can have like them they like you know it's just pretty much as when you're using google maps so it's just going to be on the campsite as well right so it's going to be guiding you because at one point perhaps you you come to a path where you're going to see one or two or even three different pathways right or which yeah. one is the one that i have to take and it's and because if it's dark you won't be able to see so you might end up taking the wrong one and it's going to like are you going to have to walk extra? You could get lost or you have to go back. And, and that's, that's the portion that is. And, you know, you want to be as independent as possible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I ask, so, you know, one, one thing that uh, someone with a vision impairment, I think the, the person I spoke with, he was saying having, you know, he, I, I think he was someone who was blind from birth. Mm -hmm. and, and he said one of the things he wishes there were more was was things he could touch and feel that would describe that would help him understand what um you know the physical la la landscape looked like you know so for instance he was saying he i think he was 15 or 16 years old before he understood what a tree looked like because he couldn't see a tree and people tried to describe it but you know it was only when someone gave him a, like a 3d model of a tree a scale model that he was able to hold it and touch it and understand that's crazy and I, I never thought about that like i've had some sight my entire life so i know i know that but you're correct if somebody has been blind from death from the from from from, from birth right uh yeah. they, they, they won't know how things look like so they're going to be looking for that uh, tactile type of input to say oh no this is what it looks like or or experience like that's that's amazing i never thought about that yeah so and it seems like those kinds of things like along the trail if you have an area that is a lookout you could have almost a 3d map oh, yeah. you know a 3d printed map of the of the lookout right from from what mm -hmm. they're seeing you know if there's i don't know mountains and a river or something you could have some kind of scale figure that you could touch and feel and ex and and you know, for him, he said those kinds of things would make hiking more accessible to him or a lookout more accessible to him. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That's interesting. The other thing he said that I just wanted to get your take on, I, I guess because you are partially sighted, so it might be a little different for you. But when he goes hiking, he never really goes alone, but he goes with a friend who would hold like a stick like a long i think like let's say a two meter long stick and his so the partner would hold the front end of it and lead and he would hold on to the back end of it and you know the partner would just call out okay watch out for this there's a there's a tree root in the trail right now coming up so make sure you step over this route now um and and to him he would you know, definitely want to be, he agreed that you want to be as independent as possible, but he would never necessarily want to go on a hiking trip like that alone. And because it just, he could, he can't imagine it being oh, yeah. safe. Like if safe. You get, yeah. If you get lost, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, you, you, especially if you're fully blind, right? Like, I mean, for me, I'm, I have some, some degree of independence, but 
there will be things that I wouldn't be able to do, like traveling to long places. So to a park for sure, uh, mm -hmm. I'll have to be going there either with family or with friends. Right, right, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Any anything else you can think of in turn? So so for you, it sounds like it's mainly wayfinding. I think is the term, right? People say yeah. about about finding, you know, making sure you know where you are and you know where you need to go to. That's the main issue for you in in parks. Yeah, I, th I think I think that's pretty much it, right? Like uh, being able to yeah. find and 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 you know what? Obviously, if there's going to be activities in in the park and stuff like that. It's always good if you provide those activities in a in a, in a accessible format, digital. Yeah. Um, uh, because you know if they're going to give me um, uh, you know a piece of paper, and even if it's like you know enlarged, what if the enlarged doesn't fit my 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 specific magnification level that I need, right? But if I get something that is accessible, it's going to, digital. A is going yeah. to be good, right? But accessible is going to be better. Um, yes. A lot of the times, especially if it's long text, right, long, long text, and um, 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 my eyes get really, really tired. So I'm going to be using the screen reader within the within the device itself, right? But right. I, I can tell you so many times they say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we have a digital format," and they give me something like you know, uh, uh, an image or a picture of the of the text, right? I'm like, "Oh, you know what? I, I'm going to have to read it." And obviously, because it's so small, you're going to have to enlarge it. You're going to have to go from left to right. And it gets very difficult. You can get disoriented as well as your eyes get get tired. So, so it's mm -hmm. one of those things that oh, ensuring that it's accessible. So, meaning that the screen and when for you accessibility for text means the screen reader is able to to read it. It is yeah. that is that. Um, so I know on on like a PC on my computer it would be Jaws right, but but also like Windows and Apple have their own. Is is that right? Like they have their own kind of text to speech. Built, that's, built. That's, that's correct. So so um, when you separate both desktop to mobile devices, um, like yeah. so both uh, uh, on a Windows computer as well as on a, a Mac computer, you're going to have the free accessibility. Uh, tools and come with it right now early on they were not that good i'll be honest with you and mm -hmm. so that's why you're going to have companies like you know uh, producing software like jaws or nvda mm -hmm. or zoom text right right mm -hmm. now i'm a zoom text or i was a zoom text user but uh windows has gotten so much better than i mm. uh than i use the, the the magnification now on the mobile device um, uh, a lot of those companies try to, you know, try create a, a, a just software or something like that. But the reality is that the tools that already come with the with the operating system are so good. So for iOS, you have VoiceOver. For uh, Android devices, you have TalkBack, right? And you don't mm -hmm. really have to spend money because uh, they can they can get very expensive. You don't really have to get spend money. Um, yeah. The only thing is they like a website or an application. You have to make sure that they're accessible. So, yeah. so that person is going to be able to to um to access it. Just to give you a quick example, right? If I'm mm -hmm. going to have an app, and, and my app has three different buttons, one of them is going to be home, the other one is going to be event, and the other one is going to be contact us, right? But if the buttons are not labeled properly, it's going to say button one, button button, right? So I don't know which uh, one it is, right? Yes. So, yes. so that's when accessibility comes in. Got it. Got mm -hmm. it. So, and and would you agree that most people then default like nowadays because these built-in tools and whether it's on your phone or on your computer like are people moving away from 
the kind of the paid uh, software, the screen reader softwares, and just going with the built-in ones? I think so. I think so. So, so on on desktop devices, they still rely a lot from uh, just the just type of interface, right? NVDA and stuff like that, right? When it mm -hmm. comes to mobile devices, they're really really relying on on whatever. Um, accessibility comes from the mobile devices, which is a lot better than anything else, right? Yeah. There are companies out there that are creating overlays. Mm. And I don't know if you've heard of overlays, but it's pretty much this piece of technology. There's a company called Accessibility that tried to create an overlay, uh, pretty much an a, a inject of JavaScript and it's going to try to make things accessible. However, mm -hmm. it doesn't. And a lot of the times it creates barrier to people with disabilities. Now, they may look really cool, but they are not accessible. And, and in see. fact, a lot of companies in the States are getting sued because they're claiming to be accessible. They just add the overlay to their site. And, yeah. and, and that's it. They don't do anything else. But somebody who, who actually has a disability is not able to go through any of their content. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. Okay, that's great to know. Yeah, this is I'm I'm learning so much from uh, uh yeah from from people and and you know this message that I, I think what I'm learning most is that accessibility is different for everyone and uh, and it really depends on your particular need what what uh, what accessibility means to you. For sure, for sure. So so to uh, what, what we can do right now is uh, uh, what I do is maybe I can send you because you you requested also for some information to to promote the um. Uh, got got event. So what, what yes. would you like from us? Because yeah, okay. just just tell me. Yeah, tell me about it. What? Why don't you just tell me? I'll, I'm recording this now, and I'm going to share this with my team, and um, and uh, I'll I'll clip out the piece. You know what? If if you want to give a little spiel about why. Gad, you know, why you want people to attend Gad or who it might be appropriate for and what's it for. Uh, and I can share that video on our on our uh, uh, mailing list. Yeah, for sure. So the global accessibility, sorry, the global accessibility awareness day uh, is an event to enhance or to showcase what accessibility is for people with disabilities and what other companies are doing to ensure that uh, uh, people with disabilities have equal access to information. So what we decided to do is create a half day event that um, enables people with disabilities, without disabilities, or from different organizations to understand a little bit more. And we have decided to invite a number of different speakers. Uh, we have also invited Jenison Assumption, who is one of the co-founders of the accessibility, the Global Accessibility Awareness Day. He's going to talk about his experience, what he has done. And then we also have other industry leaders that are going to walk us through what accessibility means for them but also what they're doing to make the world more accessible or the digital world more accessible. Very nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds really good. I'm going to I'm going to try to join um, and uh, yeah, I look yeah, forward you, to you it. You know what? If you if you cannot join, uh, I, I encourage you to at least uh, register because yes. what, we're going, what we're going to do is we're going to be recording the sessions, then we're going to make sure that we add them in an accessible uh, video format. So you're going to uh, be able to go back and take a look at. But uh, once I need to register, we're going to be able to send you the information. Excellent. Okay, I will definitely register for that soon. Great. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank thank you very much. I've taken a lot of your time today, but thanks. This is really really uh, useful information. No, um, anytime. I'll send you an email. That I will follow up with uh, with uh, between the next two days, and um, uh, we'll I'll try. I'll have the team doing a, a scope estimation, 
and then we'll take it from there. And then again, anytime you have any questions, I'm more than happy to, to provide any, any answers if I have them. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Juan. Okay, wonderful. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.